Hello and welcome. This is the Green Trend Podcast and I'm your host Prerna Tarotkar aka PT. Joining me as my co-hosts on this episode are Varun Paul and Varsha Ram. Now if there's anything that COVID-19 has done is dramatically shift the way we live, the way we build relationships, tackle situations and to a great extent disrupted human life as we knew it many of us have lost jobs hope for a better future because of lack of clarity of when will it ever go back to normal most of us at different levels in the past 2 years have experienced anxiety frustration anger and to a great extent mental health issues ah oh, this is not a stigma but maybe a normal topic now that all of us need to step up accept and address joining us on this episode we have miss shipra divar co-founder and ceo of ivel and esi clinic india's leading mental health providers working relentlessly to make mental health and counseling accessible to all On this episode we discuss absolutely everything right from the level of denial that oh you know maybe i'm fine and i don't need any professional help to actually accepting it and then moving forward sometimes we've also seen our loved ones suffer from mental health issues and that can be daunting on this episode Don't forget to stick till the end because we discuss how you and I can be supporters to such situations and also take care of ourselves while we do so. Thank you so much for tuning in and we really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Shipra thank you so much for your time i know you've had a mad schedule with covid response strategies but it's an absolute honor to have you and we truly appreciate your support to the cause thank you prerna actually it's a great initiative that uh, you guys have come up with it's so good to talk about uh, sustainable solutions and what's the need for that and of course mental health is just one i have been following your project and i think you've covered some phenomenal uh, you know issues and people and you know across the entire spectrum so very proud of the work that you're doing and yes i think pandemic the only silver lining in this pandemic has been the fact that we've started taking mental health a little bit more seriously i think uh, we were grossly uh, you know um, ignorant about the need for mental well-being uh, the dire state that our country is in when it comes to mental health of our citizens and uh, covid uh, unfortunately because of the travesty and the tragedy it's been uh, it's kind of uh, highlighted uh, you know mental health and the problems uh, that mental health causes as well because of lockdown isolation health disruptions financial issues you name it uh, so i'm very very pleased that today we'll be talking about all this and more and uh, uh, happy to have a very interactive chat and anything that any question that you have and that i can i'll try and with my limited understanding because mental health field in itself is vast so i'm no expert already I have to work maybe next 60 70 years of my life to completely get the gist of what you know all needs to be done but i'll try try with my limited information and knowledge shepra you're being very modest here <laughs> but uh, just to uh, so more recently we've been hearing a lot more about mental wellness as you said covid has exacerbated the problem people are getting aware of this but you seem to have caught up to this issue and you've seen the issue much before it was mainstream and now people are waking up to it right what how how do how did you come in first contact with this issue and why did you feel that this was a problem that needed to be solved yeah that's right actually yeah 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 i started uh, mental health and my journey in mental health entrepreneurship back in 
2015 i think we were only talking about food tech startups at the time and my family wasn't happy uh, that i was taking the plunge into mental health as a full time career because i was a consultant at bcg earning pretty well for myself and i i still remember that one of my uh, close relatives uh she said a line in punjabi which is how uh, how stigma uh, you know is around mental health she said unni changi naukri chhatke pagalan da hospital kholna hai te oh bhi online you know wo bhi online that there's no property there's nothing you you are getting into so you know that's the time when i started now you've uh, hit uh, the nail at the right spot why did i start because i've had a small twist with mental health myself when i was a 19 year old student i was in australia i was a scholar student everything was good but i was just um in the throes of depression i did not know what was wrong i suddenly stopped talking in the classroom nothing had happened you know a lot of people think that mental health issues happen because something has unfolded in your life which is horrible and so you're not able to uh you know manage yourself while that's also one of the reasons sometimes it hits you out of the blue you know homesickness not having your parents around anything can trigger that so it triggered it in me and i remember that one of my professors who had seen me in my usual bubbly self on the first orientation day or uh, you know getting reduced to somebody who doesn't talk in the class and sometimes doesn't even show up he called me and said chipra i think you need help right and i think you need to speak to a counselor and i said well i'm sane i really use those words because again I had the same stigma I'm coming from the same society I did not think that it's normal for my professor to be telling me to go and see a counselor and he really laughed it off and he said well only sane people recognize that there is a problem and fix it so you have a problem just go and talk and I was uh, you know those words really changed how I saw mental health coming from somebody who I respected saying that this is the right thing to do that there's nothing wrong about it that every other person is facing that so i went through the counseling process it was brief for me because i could get hold of my issues pretty fast and um, it really helped me so when i came back to india of course i topped the university i taught there my everything was going great and well and then i got the most soft after job that anybody wants after an mba but when i came here i saw that in my office and around there are a lot of people who are dealing with anxiety with depression and they don't even know the label to it yeah so if i know i have fever i can find a fix to it i know i need to treat myself and meet a doctor if i don't know what i am dealing exactly and the society is naming it to be my mood or my laziness or my personality or something else what the hell am i going to solve i mean you know the problem is me so i thought that it's really really important that someone at least i should give back the fact that i got right help at the right time is the reason i have this uh, space in bcg i better do something so that more people who are in this space can retain and grow in their careers and other people who are actually struggling in silence are probably out of job or at are at home and find it difficult to even get out of their bed because of this they need help and that was the reason why i started it probably way before you know then uh, yeah because today yes mental health is really talked about but 2015 everybody was like i'm doing probably a blunder with my career and i think the peop- a lot of people will be thankful that you actually took the plunge into uh, this space because uh, to the viewers uh, shipra and have, have has worked with me previously on on a few projects uh, as part of the pandemic response and uh, we've been able to work towards supporting multiple people across districts and we've been getting really great feedback and it's been a help to a lot of the general population there so thank you so much for the work that you do with it uh if you could just tell us a a couple of sentences about how your experience has been overall with iwill and uh, esi clinic overall um so far it's been 6 years there's been multiple initiatives yeah so i'll take you through my journey and then i'll also simplify it for people who are struggling today so that they don't have to go through that entire you know process of denial and then seeking help it should be a lot faster now 
than it was then. So like I was saying that when my professor said that you need help, I went back again into denial that, well, you know, I am probably being labeled. People are judging me. Now they'll think I'm bonkers and not normal. But then, you know, when you sit in isolation with yourself and when you look at where you are and what you're struggling with, I, I have been an extremely happy-go-lucky person. Like, it's difficult for me to not be animated and not stand still. Uh, you know, I, I, I typically am like that. But in those moments, I used to really find it difficult to get out of my bed. And I'm not exaggerating. It used to be difficult to think about ironing a shirt wearing it going to the classroom because I would be riddled with questions like you know I will make a mockery of myself I don't deserve to be here you know the people in the class speak such fluent and such a good English in a certain accent they'll make fun of me I'm struggling here my parents are somewhere else I'm never going to see them those kind of negative uh, thought patterns completely consume your time and your energy so you always know that there's something wrong it's not that you don't know the problem and the fault line lies in that you start putting it either as a blame onto yourself that it's you who's the trouble or the problem person or you start thinking that I need to run away. The, the, the situation is a problem. That Australia is the problem. That people here are the problem. The thing is, neither of the two are absolute truths. Of course, I could also have a certain coping issue. And maybe I have issues with adjustment as well. But my response to it is because I'm dealing with something deeper. Because if I was not dealing with a mental health concern, I would have still regulated myself. I would have probably felt the cultural gap I would have felt I'm inadequate, but I would have found my ways to get out of that. So I was really struggling with finding my way out of this. I was either blaming the place too much or blaming myself to my misery, right? So I remember that in my first semi-test, I scored 60%. Now, uh, to the uninitiated, it's not bad. But for me, it was almost like, you know... Uh, I understood that there is something terribly wrong and I'll probably slip down further. I'd stopped uh, taking my father's calls and other things as they were. So three things were important. One was that I knew I'm not my usual self. Second was there was a consistent decline in my performance and in my behavior, behavior, which was visible. Third was I also knew that there is a certain help available because my professor had made me enlightened that there is something that I can do about this. All these three things combined, I just one day decided that I'll gather the energy. I won't even brush my hair. I wouldn't even wear something nice. I'll just go to the counselor's room and... Thankfully, this was a university environment, so it's very easy to drop in. And I just went there, you know, I dropped the baggage because I was struggling. So to anyone who is struggling, you know you're not the same person. You know that you're finding it difficult, you're blaming it on yourself or you're blaming it on circumstances. But the end result is that you aren't coping well, you aren't happy. The moment you see that gap. It's good to go and just have a chat with a psychologist. It's as simple as when I feel a little, uh, you know, down in my health. I wait a day or two. And if I'm not still well, I'll not even think about it and I'll go to a doctor. If I have a tooth pain, one, two days, I'll try home remedies. Third day, I'm to a dentist chair, right? Similarly for mental health, the moment you feel that you are a little off, you that's the point where you need to drop all baggages and just see you know a counselor or at least talk to your friend or somebody in your family that hey I don't feel and that's that's what the journey for me as well was and to your uh, question um, Varun that you would you know saying that the journey of I will and Esai clinic well so I will is a very uh, tech oriented platform it's more meant for people uh, who are at the urban areas who are very um, uh, conversion with the app ecosystem and you know with the swiggies and zomatos of the world and they like mental health to be served in the same way the swiggies and the zomatos and the ubers so i will is that urban product eSci clinic on the contrary is the product for the masses so we don't have a tech uh, you know, uh, a very solid tech, a robust, uh, rigid infrastructure to it. We do it on call, we do it on chat, but we there 
it can be used uh, by a rural person by asha worker by anganwadi worker you know about the work that we've done uh, it is for anyone who has a phone a feature phone or uh, just can dial into a number and can seek help and the good thing is that it's not just a helpline it's a helpline manned by psychologists trained in psychotherapy very very strongly um, you know uh, supervised so that the quality doesn't get impacted so while the technical frame of how i will and insight clinic provides its therapy may be different the pathways may be different but at the back end quality is something that either of the two models don't compromise with and that's i that's some thing which is my focus because if i did not get quality help then i wouldn't have been talking to you guys now so it's that real the help has to be helpful so for a for a person living in a in an urban life uh, above middle class lifestyle like myself itself i see people around me uh, bringing up the stigma surrounding mental health very strongly right like if a person if i suggest to my friend that you know you should perhaps take therapy i've seen multiple people saying i don't need it right or i'm fine there's nothing of that sort how do you first i mean and when we compare this uh, to a rural setting where i'm sure the stigma is probably 10x would what i would imagine what kind of responses have you seen how, how forthcoming have they been in actually taking this sort of help that is my first question and my second question is in a society which constantly tells you to push yourself harder there will be obstacles push yourself harder you and it's a it's a test of character basically right like uh, uh, to a certain extent where does one really know how to draw the line between being strong and actually going overboard and that's a personal question from my end as well i face the same issue so that's it that both the questions are really relevant and good the, to the first question of course there is stigma and while our work in the last 6 years and not just ours a lot of other organizations and you know a lot of celebrities and non celebrities talking about it even politicians talk about mental health today there's still stigma i think there's no way that uh, we will not face it in and we have to accept it that there will be stigma why is there stigma is the more important question if we look at the movies and the movie stars or other people that are talking about mental health so openly now they used to show an image of a mental health patient as somebody wrecked in chains and somebody who's completely berserk we have been populated with the kind of uh, nonsense when it comes to who a mental health patient is for a very very long time so will that cultural stigma go overnight or just because you know an organization has been working for 5 to 6 years probably not but can it go absolutely yes what is more important here varun and something which has been very successful for i will and then i'll talk about recycling acceptably because it deals with a different population when i started mental health organization everybody who was backing this organization wanted me to hush hush on the fact that i had myself gone through depression right because then it makes me look the incompetent lot and i was very i took that very personally i was like while i'm trying to you know bring a point here you want me not to open up about my own issues because people will think that i am a certain way well so be it my, my entire reason of doing this is that so it helped in the initial conversation as soon as we get more and more people not to say you need help but to say that i have sought help it has helped me i was here and this happened there is the antidote to stigma because when we see our loved ones seeking help and being fit and fine and working you know and being the normal people they are it registers in our mind yes that this is what needs to be done so part of it lies in how we approach a person if i approach you need help and single you out unfortunately with the way mental health is being structured it starts to look like i am being looked in a very different lens and because when you are dealing with depression and a lot of people may have said things to you which are unkind you only put that good information also into the same box so the way we approach people and that's what i will the entire digital campaign has been it is always about people sharing their story of problems hope and seeking help and then of course the army just keeps growing so 
the the way we eradicate stigma is by not saying you need help first saying that i have taken help and frankly speaking i if 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 it comes to me and not because it's my business i do feel that every child should have some counseling support irrespective of whether they have a mental health issue or not because in the kind of world that we are living in it's important we can bounce our thoughts to somebody who's just going to listen to us what's the harm in that like what's so big about you know bouncing your thoughts off like we're sharing our ideas right now if we do that in an active listening environment what's the harm so that's the first uh, point of it the second rural actually there's less stigma in uh, rural places though it looks like that there will be 10x more but i think the moment they have some problem the good thing is that they're very open to not think they know the best and ask so mujhe bahut ghabrahat ho rahi hai you know ya mere ko bade manne aajkal neend na aave kuch bhi karke they are very okay they are much you know they're much less concerned about the vanity of how it looks like to have or not have a mental health issue so and i also had the same assumption that probably if i go to a rural india with an esi clinic they will really start thinking that this is an astrology helpline and start asking us some random questions right but it didn't happen people are actually more open very open uh, and that's true with even the delivery and uh, you know boys whether they zomato urban company they're very forthcoming that hey this is the problem that i'm having so i have more hopes on that end than i have i think the urban india game needs they need we need to pull our socks up and smell the coffee because i think uh, uh, rural india is smelling the tea very well and you know realizing it still they need machinery the problem with them is that the moment they have a machinery that supports any health issue that they're dealing with it gets better now to your next question and please stop me anywhere if you feel that you know you need that the answer was inadequate or anything um, wasn't clear then i'll make that more clear on the second thing the moment you feel that this is impacting your mental health or your physical health or you're pushing yourself so hard right now and i know we are all competitive people we all want to be at the number one spot but what's important to understand is that the number one spot isn't going anywhere we want to believe that it will go somewhere because someone else has peaked and reached out there the point is that the peak is still there we need to work with our own selves without that fear even if you look in the startup ecosystem i'll give an example from the creature of a place that i am right so when uh, myspace came facebook was written off when facebook came uh, instagram was um, instagram came facebook was written off facebook is still thriving actually has more users as bought instagram when instagram was acquired by facebook snapchat was written off when snapchat went to when snapchat was written off tiktok came so it's i understand that we feel that there's only space for one um, in any environment but reality is that we can't go there without our health and without our well being that's more important because if we break in the process and if we are not able to sustain what we are chasing then uh, the whole exercise falls flat so the moment you feel i've done enough i've done a lot of hard work i need some rest i need 30 minutes of my off time i need 7 hours of my sleep i need to pack my bag now i worked really hard and i now of course we can't go anywhere but say if you just want to you know hang out even at home whenever you feel that i'm nearing a breaking point that's not the time you stop it you actually stop it much before you are at a breaking point because just like you rest and you're more energized in our real time and in our life as well recognizing that nothing is going anywhere and i think covid is a scenario and i think it's easier said than done but a lot of people keep telling me that you know even in my field somebody has done this much somebody has done that much that never heckles me never bothers me but was i the same person 5 years down the line no i wasn't how did i you know reach to this point i seen startups come survive die and go i know what i'm doing is meaningful i know the pace of it is helpful to a lot of people i know i'll be able to sustain it in this space i have to be there to be able to manage it someone else outpacing me and i outpacing myself for it won't make any sense and that's the important point and how do you everybody knows that this is my breaking point so just before that we need to stop 
and um, constant upgrading of skills and all of that that's that's actually fun the breaking point comes when we're doing something to the level of monotony and and we're going at it to a point where we feel that we can't sustain anymore so that situation can be avoided but it's a bit of an art as opposed to science that was really insightful uh, shapra i didn't i didn't uh, know the first point around uh, rural india being more forthcoming in uh, uh, communicating their uh, mental wellness issues and second point i think will be relevant to a lot of people who are listening in right now going through work in this stressful situation uh, in an already stressful external environment having to work work in a work from home setting uh, i think these are words of wisdom uh, that are forged in fire i am sure uh, you've had your learnings along the way that people can take up uh, i think varsha had a point yeah varsha yeah so uh, how, how do you like i i really like the point where you mentioned that uh, you know just before you you re, you hit that uh, challenging spot for yourself and you realize you're stuck there uh, it's like few moments before that or like you know whatever time period before that is where the actual problem starts so like as an individual how do i recognize that is it uh, like for example uh, like this is a very hypothetical scenario if i'm trying to learn a new skill there is that initial you know phase of frustration where i'm just trying to learn how to do things in a methodological manner or like just understand you know what is this about and what's in it for me and then it gets to a point where uh, i perhaps give up in trying to learn this new skill and this is a very in, a normal uh, i think trajectory as when anyone is trying to learn something new and trying to move up or grow or you know what wherever they are in their life but then wh- what is this uh, breaking point uh, and then how do you recognize it those periods those moments before and like how do you understand that you know this is where it's going to start getting challenging for me and what can i do to help myself yeah yeah no that's a great question so whenever we're learning a new skill or building a startup or anything for that matter which we haven't done before there'll always be chasms and there will always be challenges and we'll have to push the envelope and push ourselves that's the thing that we we get frustrated we get down and out we feel it's not uh you know it's not possible for us that happens to this it's not your breaking point it's just the learning curve of the problem that you are in a smarter way even here is that if at all you are struggling to the point where you're not making any progress in learning take help from someone you know someone out there can mentor you help you it's not to leave your goal but not to do it alone you know the whole thing is that sometimes we really and and this is something that goes back to the heart of how we've been brought up you know as children and in our school we are very hesitant to ask for help even on a maths problem i have to solve it on my own i can't ask my friend uh, to do it for me or else i'm the one who looked down you know that physics question if i'm not able to solve and that's where the breaking point comes and you're like i won't take help i can't do it you throw it away and run the easier way or the problem solution could have been i could have just taken someone's help on that so in life when you're trying to push the envelope and try to chase a dream that's impossible for you that looks impossible for you and if you feel you're not capable of doing that alone no one is capable of doing it alone it's important to take people who've already way ahead of the curve maybe who can support us sometimes even you know people who are not in your field may give you an advice it's important to speak about it when you hit a bottleneck so that's number 1 now on the concept of the larger breakpoint breakpoint is something when you've given yourself to something to a point you have nothing else left that's a, that's the place where you'll hit a breakpoint so say for instance if i am a founder and you are you know and you are founders and you are trying to do or or you are consultants if your job is your only thing that is there you don't have friends you're not talking to them your parents who hardly see their faces you're so busy that you don't have time you want to watch a movie you want to you know binge a little bit on netflix but you don't find the time you've no that's where the breakpoint will likely come and this is what a lot of us do balance is the key you will not hit a breakpoint if whatever you are doing very passionately doesn't consume you 100% 
nothing will need your 100%, okay? Not your entire being. You have to have a balance and that's the key. Like I, no matter what, if I have a deadline, if I have something, I will not miss the chat that I have to have with my mother or my father for 30, 40 minutes. And I just don't care what will I lose in the process. Was I the same person uh, six years ago? Probably not. I was in a FOMO of missing out on everything. Now, with pro- I'm not that old, but I'm a little older than what I was six years ago. So I've come to terms with understanding that these moments are more precious and they enrich me. And I'm more myself and I'm more able to then not have a break point because something about my problem, my father knows that the moment he says something, whatever I am imagining to be a hoopla, he just kind of makes it look so little in in, in that sense. So you don't hit a break point if you have a balance and it's important. And the moment uh, you are seeing that it's going all out of balance and it's only one thing, you know, and that's true for love as well. You know, a lot of people who run into mental health issues, a lot of depression and anxiety is when the boyfriend or the girlfriend is the only thing and there's nothing else in life. So <laughs> that's also a problem. So that's how we save ourselves from breaking point. But pushing the envelope, of course, we have to. The moment we feel we are stuck, we build our support system and work our way around. I think her question... Uh, was around how a person can convince someone that's close to them who needs, who you think needs it, needs some sort of support. What would be the best way to approach them? You mentioned saying that, uh, you know, you've taken this this help yourself and hence you think it might uh, help you. Are there any other uh, ways that you think a person could uh, suggest this or actually get them to take action, at least if not at a larger sphere, at least the people that are close to you uh, to take this sort of action. Yeah, so the first point will be a lot of times our family members want us or people who we look up to or are close to us, we don't actually engage them in a conversation ourselves in the sense that uh, it's all driven by what's what's the problem with you, please, you know, we want you to get better. And we just assume, like, for instance, my father cannot have any problem. He's got, for God's sake, he solved problems all, uh, you know, my problems all his life. He cannot have problems. He cannot have his issues. And we approach them in the same manner that, you know, like, you are not supposed to have problems. This mindset needs to be tweaked specifically if you're dealing when your your parents are aging or somebody you look up to is aging or even your spouse or your family member who's the natural fixer in home and is now someone who you know is in a fix themselves so the the point of listening with empathy is very important uh, rather than telling them immediately that hey you need help and of course it's a very if it's a very very uh, serious situation where an urgent psychiatric intervention is needed Uh, I'm not speaking for those, then of course the medical protocol comes first, but say if you're just looking at them and you're looking at a certain changed behavior or, you know, a personality change that you've spotted, it's important to talk to them empathetically and try and understand and give them the confidence that you are strong enough to listen to their problems as well as not judge them. Or that not make them feel inadequate. And that's true with our parents. Because, uh, uh, you know, with our, the parents have been the support system. And so they find it the most difficult to get their view across their children. And that reverse role is very diff- difficult. So the first point is active listening and sitting with them and just trying to understand and figuring out what is it that really is bothering them or talking, you know, about things that they want to and with the, and, and not push the conversation. A lot of us, the reason why a psychologist is so successful, and this is something that we need to learn as a skill in their conversation is that they don't want answers in the first session itself. They don't want you to open up immediately because, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. With your father, with your mother, with your friend, you need to understand that they'll take time to open up. And so even if you are staring at a silent person with no conversations and little thing, push yourself a little bit more and do that again and do that again and do that again until they open up and they will open up. Believe you me, if you speak to them, 
consistently in an active listening format where you're not using words like but you can't be like this you know or things that we just randomly say but papa you had all the energy and why this you know rather than framing it in a way that it's something that he or she has done uh, they will open up and when they do then slightly pitching you know into that i have a papa i'm taking counseling or therapy or you know uh, my wife i'm you know i've done that or why don't we together seek help from a psychologist you know i also have so open ended issues and we'll accompany each other to this session so then it becomes important that uh, you get them to uh, seeking professional help but you have to be there to get them to open to you until and unless that happens the whole suggestion that you need a psychologist will hit hard because uh, we don't live in a society yet where it's very normal uh, to seek you know help from a professional and for that matter our parents or family members if they're feeling unwell and if you say papa let's go to a doctor he'll say i'm fine abhi koi zarurat you know so that's a, that's a general trend with how we we always believe we'll be better ourselves so that's so probably i'll answer that bit uh, where what if somebody who i look up to is having mental health issues and how do i deal with that from a little like i'll take that a minute so it's very hard specifically if your if your spouse or your loved one or your parent is dealing or even your child for that matter is having it so it can be very hard on you definitely and that's why we say there's a caregiver burnout and fatigue but what is important for you to remember in those times is that your loved one is a normal human being and you still have every reason to look up to them uh, a footballer a, a really good football player will have a lot of cuts and bruises right and those are the honor badges of honor those physical cuts those injuries those broken ankles are the badges of honor that an athlete really you know um displays and similarly if somebody you really looked up to has a mental health issue it's not probably because they are weak it's probably a sign of how much they've endured in life and how you know these emotional signs are scars from those uh, you know from the tenacity that the person has shown so there's really nothing to be uh, you know feeling sorry for them of course you'll feel bad for them but 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 you're still proud of them because the reason why they're dealing with this today is probably because they have really shown uh, tenacity at other places that's number 1 and number 2 it's important for you to speak to someone as well if a very close person is dealing with depression and anxiety because that drains you right uh, if somebody who is around you and is feeling really um, low and talks about say in worst case they talk about harming themselves or sometimes suicide or i don't want to live anymore those are very heavy conversations that are depleting so it's important that you to find a support system and speak you know about your grief associated with this to someone so that you don't get bogged down in that situation as well so got it i think now these are i think very actionable insights here um i think a lot of us feel this i'm sure every one of us who's listening and tuning into the call uh, or uh, on this call itself or uh, anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast will will have faced uh, a similar sort of situation right like this is something that's very common but hardly spoken about these are things that are often left unsaid and uh, it's it's good it's great that you're bringing this topics up i think there'll be a bulb going off in everyone's heads right now where they're able to relate to this uh i think anyone who's on the call please do seek out help uh, wherever you see similar sort of issues uh, right now just coming on to to the closing segment um if now there are two major issues if looking at it from a short term perspective and a longer term perspective now you have seen problems across the board uh with people facing issues related to covid and also the longer term non covid related issues now just so that we have something very actionable for the people who are listening in a lot of if you could talk about a f- few common issues that you've seen across the board related to covid and how a person could deal with that much better that is the first aspect and secondly from a more long term perspective uh, your message to uh, anyone who's listening in in terms of uh, any longer term issues say climate change you live in gurgaon 
we know how the situation is there with respect to pollution and so on right uh how how does one deal with that on a longer term so this short term view and that long term view how how does one grapple with this whole thing if you could uh, give your advice on that that would be great as well yeah i i'll share my I, my views i'm really no i'm really uh, you know i am not being modest really i can't give an advice but i can definitely share some facts some uh, you know uh, thoughts about that um so for covid Uh, health anxiety is a very very common concern and rightfully so uh, if we've contracted covid after 20 30 days of even fighting and finding ourselves out of it uh, there are still health issues there secondary infections and there are whole lot of things that are happening to people and those who don't even have covid have developed what we know as health anxiety where you're constantly on the alarm you sneeze earlier it was normal right if i sneezed or coughed or had a body ache it was like the most normal thing even fever was the like most normal thing like i used to tell my mother it's just a fever and i'll go to office right now it's really you're constantly on an alarm so one of the uh, impacts that pandemic has done is is a very uh, uh, specific condition called as hypochondria or health anxiety where you're constantly imagining the worst when it comes to your health unfortunately covid has deepened this in a lot of people specifically who had any pre existing condition or who have a loved one who's had health issues or has seen someone losing their life so that's one issue that's there if you're feeling that you're overtly obsessively worried about your health or the health of your family members or if you feel that any small symptom really puts you into a spot where you start imagining the worst where you've just recovered from covid but 80% of your mental bandwidth and this is a very actionable point if 80% of your mental bandwidth goes into thinking about your health to the point of not being able to do anything else this is a alarm that you need to seek help for health anxiety because while it's important to deal with covid and it's important to uh, save our lives from covid it's also important to save our lives from its fear and from the fear that uh, cripples us and makes us incapable sometimes of doing work and you know spending good time with our family and being overly obsessed with you know uh, this and 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 that's not nice the second uh, thing that covid has done is unfortunately the financial angle to it you know you and i and people like us who are connected with the digital economy we still haven't that pandemic hasn't hit as hard on us as it has hit hard on people who have shops or you know restaurants or uh, more you know theaters or that kind of economy now this is upper middle class that we are talking about that entire uh, population is ravaged by the impact of covid and financially if you are weak and if you are not able to provide for your family the way you were when you're struggling with uh, that it really takes a toll on your mental health and specifically this is very common in men ages between 45 to 60 who really are worried about their children's education and you know and unfort and and unfor- and I wouldn't say unfortunately but fact is that a majority of bread earners are, are still men you know in in and and while women uh, are really coming up into work i'm just talking from a statistical number a fact number factual number so financial issues and the related depression is high again it's important that while nothing can be done immediately in terms of uh, bringing the businesses back to normal it's important that at least mental health is taken care of third is just the sheer isolation and the disruption to the lives that we were used to like i don't know when was the last time i went around and hugged my best friend and i don't know when i'll be able to do that now this is just my best friend a lot of us are separated from a husband wife family members and stuck in one place and doing meetings in front of a screen this is really not how humans are supposed to live and while it was cool with the dalgona coffee last year unfortunately it has uh, now become a very very severe issue so loneliness now this is another area where you need to seek help uh, as soon as you spot it or at least try in ways that you can connect with your loved ones and at least open up to them of what you are missing also what is important is that never fear in speaking out what you're thinking 
even if it's the worst even if you're thinking you'll lose a job even if you think you'll go broke even if you think you are going to die because of a health issue don't think i'll come across as lame or stupid just because i said it you need to let that out of your system so that someone else can help you with a little more objective and rational approach and settle your mind down so it's important whatever you're dealing with you open up to someone who you trust or it could be a professional in terms of the longer term fallout see covid has created conditions which are the hotbeds of depression and anxiety typically isolation financial issues health issues and uh, losing one's touch with friends and families and normal life is when people get depression and anxiety and that's the number right so since covid has created conditions like that who says that anywhere between 60% to 70% of us across the globe who've gone through these aggressive lockdowns gone through these aggressive wave of covid are dealing with moderate to severe depression and anxiety issues right now now whether they remain long standing or whether we are able to overcome them that's another thing but that's the reality right now will covid continue to disrupt our lives after that as well of course it has it has changed the way we live at least for uh, many many years to come domestic abuse relationship situations and all of that also contribute a lot to mental health issues women um have been impacted very very negatively the kind of and and it's no joke the kind of domestic abuse it's not just physical abuse that goes on there's a lot of emotional abuse that goes on uh, with women so being in a situation like that that also will have a multiplier in, in impact and these situations existed pre covid as well a lot of people get shocked to listen to it but it's not a shocking statistic at all uh, 36% of us in india pre covid era i'm not talking about post covid era pre covid 36% of us would at least have one major depressive episode in our lives and that's who stating that so that's 360 plus 400 million people that's a huge number so we need to take care of this later on as well right sushant singh rajput and his life i don't know i mean we still don't know what happened there but it certainly brought the spotlight to suicide how many people do we least lose to suicide we are the country with the highest rate of suicide in the age of 18 to 29 who are committing suicide boys at iit girls at iit and iims and uh, you know at top colleges and sometimes just for a mark sometimes just for a percentage that's unhealthy we got to do something about it we got to do something we need to bring human life above all these fancy you know um, uh, percentages and pay packages and ideal daughter in law and ideal son and or an ideal father mother all this comes below the human life and we need to understand how our expectations as a society as families are probably breaking our own loved one down and we don't may not even realize that so post covid i hope that since now this alarm of mental health has raised in everybody is in the corporations are looking at it governments are looking at it we still recognize that even once things get completely better we still will be looking at a 20% population who's extremely susceptible uh, to adverse impact of, of mental health issues and 36% of us can have a major depressive episode so we need to take care and you know need to make mental health at least as important as physical health if not more of course i would never say that they one is more than the other i really feel that they work in sync and together yeah there's no point of having a very fit body without you know having the mental fortitude so completely agree on that so i think yeah i mean that that's a lot of really good uh, uh you know pointers that we need to keep in mind uh because this is an issue that's not going to end tomorrow this is something that has to be learned this is not something that we uh download just on a single call this is a way of life this is something that we need to take up as a practice throughout our lives and i think that shift of thinking is also something that's required right it doesn't if i face a problem today i i go to um, get this therapy one day two days a week and then i say oh i'm set for life i don't think that's definitely not how it works right uh, so 
yeah i think that that sort of misconception is something that uh, i think this your um, uh, conver- our conversation here would have really helped uh, people discern between so it's been a pleasure having you here uh, shipra i know you've been absolutely busy but you taking out this time to uh, come in have a chat with us and i i've learned a lot uh, just listening to you because all of us over here on this call itself face similar issues right and we all often ignore it but uh, thank you so much for putting the spotlight on such issues so that people are aware of them they can take action on them and uh, yeah thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you so much for tuning in sticking till the end and choosing to take ownership of the challenges that we face today the solution is clear these complex issues will require various perspectives and all of us to step up and form our pathway our narrative to help save the planet while there's no one way or one right answer it's important we along the way take care of ourselves and our own emotional well-being often what climate change health issues or other related disasters cause is mental anxiety think about it in the past two months or two years we faced a truckload of emotions i'm sure you like all of us here were felt lonely at times felt frustrated lost anxious about what the future awaits or holds for us while we do not have an answer today it's important we keep at it it's important we focus on the silver lining until we see you next with a brand new episode and a fresh perspective do not forget that season 2 of the green gen podcast is called the fortnight an episode series on every 1st and 15th of the month until we meet next please take care of yourself your loved ones and lead a purposeful life thank you so much once again for all your love and stay safe